Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 5th is 2 Kings chapters 12 and 13 and 2 Chronicles chapter 24. We're going to begin today in chapter 13 of 2 Kings, where Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, becomes king over Israel in Samaria. He did what was evil in God's eyes, and God was angry against him and against Israel because they followed him in his sin. And so God handed them over to their enemies in Aram. This is an example, high level, of spiritual warfare. This is life in the kingdom. If you are one of God's children and you are living in sin, and especially if you're causing other people to sin, you're inspiring or inciting people to sin, God will discipline you. He disciplines those he loves. He doesn't do it to punish. He does it to elicit a response of repentance because he's more concerned with your soul and your relationship with him and your character development than he is with your peace and your comfort and your physical, material wealth and your pleasures. And so, if we are his people, expect to be disciplined when you disobey, especially when you're in unrepentant, repetitive sin, and even more so when you are leading other people into sin. But God is faithful and he's just, and he disciplines those he loves. So we rejoice in the discipline, we are told. But when we read these stories of people sinning in the Bible and going into oppression from their enemies and then being restored when they are, hum- when they are humble and they ask God for help, and God always comes back and raises up a deliverer, We should take heart in that, for when we are going through hard times, we trust that it's for our character development, it's for the fruit of the Spirit to be built into our lives in a greater way. And as we do that, we grow in the kingdom, we become more powerful and effective in the kingdom, and God gets the glory. So when you're reading these historical stories that are true, This is history. We can learn from it and hopefully not make the same mistakes. Down in 14, verse 14, chapter 13, verse 14, Elisha became sick with an illness which eventually led to his death. We have this interesting story where the king of Israel, Jehoahash, goes down and weeps over him. Elisha says, go get a bow and some arrows. So the king does. Elisha said, grab the bow, shoot an arrow out the window. He does. Elisha said, Yahweh's arrow of victory, yes, the arrow of victory over Aram, your enemy. You are to strike down the Arameans until you have put an end to them. So there's this 
physical act of shooting an arrow with a bow through a window to the east. And it's a prophetic symbol. So the king should know at this moment that God is speaking through the prophet Elisha to him. And he's speaking prophetically. Elisha tells him to take the arrows, the very thing that was the symbol of his victory that God was going to give him over his enemy, to take the arrow. Then Elisha says, strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and then stopped. And Elisha was angry and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have struck down Aram until you had put an end to them. But because you only hit the ground three times, you're only going to have three victories over your enemy. And it's a lesson that when God gives us a charge or an assignment or puts us over something, or calls us to something, we should do it wholeheartedly with zeal and with completion. Because if we don't, we're not going to obtain or grasp all that God has for us. Now, flipping over to 2 Chronicles 24, talking about Judah's king, Joash. Now, remember, he was seven years old when he took the throne. He had been hidden in the temple for his first six years, or, well, for six years. Hidden, preserving his life before he's made king. And we're told that the prophet Jehoiada ministered to and really took care of Joash for many, many, many years. And as long as Jehoiada the priest was alive, the priest, the prophet, Joash was a great king who walked with God. But as soon as the priest Jehoiada died at the ripe older age of 130, Joash turned away. But in verse 4, Joash took to heart to renovate Yahweh's temple. So he gathered the priests and the Levites, and he said, Go out to the cities of Judah, collect silver from all Israel, and use it to repair the temple and to do it quickly. But they didn't hurry. And so the king called Jehoiada, the high priest, and said, Why haven't you required the Levites to bring Judah and Jerusalem the tax imposed by Moses and use it for the tent of the testimony or for the temple? There's been damage to the temple by some of these wicked people in the past and we need to repair it. So Jehoash, I'm sorry, Joash, declares that a chest be made and placed outside the city gate or outside of the gate of the temple. And then there's a proclamation issued in Judah and in Jerusalem that the tax that Moses had imposed on Israel back when they were in the wilderness hundreds of years before be brought to the Lord. And all the leaders and all the people rejoiced and they brought the tax and they put it in the chest until it was full. 
they rejoiced and they brought the tax. You know, people give joyfully when their hearts are aligned with the cause that they're giving to. A lot of people hate paying income tax in the United States of America because the money is wasted or it's spent on things they don't believe in. A lot of people begrudgingly give to their churches today because the money is wasted or spent on things they don't believe in. Listen, we are the temple of God. We are the third temple. 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul says, Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God dwells in you, he resides in you? 1 Peter 2.5 talks about the people of God being a holy priesthood, living stones being built together so that we could offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. We are the temple. And what went wrong in the temple back then is going wrong in the church today. The payment was originally going to those and nothing was happening with it. The temple was not flourishing because of it. But when the payment started going to those overseeing the work of rebuilding the temple, the temple got stronger. The temple was revitalized. And so we see that payment should not be going to ministries and to churches that are not bearing fruit for the kingdom. If they are not building the holy living temple of the Most High, we as a people should not be funding them. Funding them when they're not building the temple of God is poor stewardship at the very least. It might be sin. Pray about it. God bless you, friends. We'll see you tomorrow.